I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days. Did you realize that we are in the middle of a James Taylor song? No. Do you know what one it is? The Streets of London. That's not James Taylor. That's、oh. Ralph McTell. <laughs> That's not a very good start, and, is it? And we're not. In Can the we start this、London. podcast no, again? No, this is supposed to be our natural chatty bit. <laughs> it even mentions you at the beginning. It says, "Suzanne, the plans they made were the end of you." Do you know? Do you still don't know it? Do you? No. Fire and rain. Oh, okay. We've had our fire, and now we've had our rain, and、uh, we're going to have a chat about the effect that that's had on some people in apartments. And later on, we're going to talk about personal trainers and who pays when they have to dig up your bathroom to fix a common property problem. I'm Jimmy Thompson. I'm Sue Williams. And this is the Flat Chat Wrap. Oh, fire and rain, Sue Williams. It's been horrendous, hasn't it? Really. What's next? Locusts. Oh, I, I think there has、frogs. been locusts somewhere. Yeah, they have. Yeah. 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 Oh, in Africa, in Kenya. Yeah, I think frogs are probably the next thing. Of cane toads, maybe. Oh no. This is Australia. Oh no. So yeah, it's funny being in an apartment, and well, kind of funny. It's odd being in an apartment and looking at all the rain and the wind and everything, and feeling quite isolated from it all. Until you go down onto the street and you get blown off your feet and tree branches come flying past your head. Yeah, I guess in an apartment you are a little bit protected, and、um, when you're high up. But then again, I mean, I opened the doors the other day and the wind had changed direction, and suddenly this blast of rain came in the door. <laughs> Those were the sliding doors out onto the balcony, and it was、oh. quite hard opening the front door of the apartment、oh, because the、shocking. wind was so strong. Well, then it changed direction, as you said, and I opened the front door, and the the cupboard door flew open and banged me on the head. Oh no! Did、yeah. it knock some sense into you? Obviously not, or I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, so I had a chat this morning、um, to the、um, insurance companies, to the insurance、oh, industry,、yeah. the Insurance Council of Australia. Yeah. And、um, I phoned them up to see if they'd had any claims already for the rain damage, thinking they may have had a few. Claims、yep. because I mean、you、most of the rain was on late Saturday, Sunday, yep. Yep. early Monday, and、uh, they said, "Oh yes, we have had a few over ten thousand claims, amounting to over forty-five million dollars worth." Yow! Incredible. Yeah. And obviously that figure is going to climb hugely as people go back to their homes if they've been evacuated, or、yep. they kind of they're able to inspect the damage a little bit more clearly, or the SES. Kind of, you know, go through their homes as well. Yeah. So、um, that damage bill is going to be extraordinary, really. And you'd kind of imagine that apartments would have fared a bit better,、mm. but there's been an awful lot of damage to apartments as well. Apartment roofs, some walls and and windows, doors. Right. So you know they're not exempt from damage too. No, absolutely not. And and I guess some of the ones that are higher up are a bit more exposed. But this is when you really find out how well or badly your apartment has been built, isn't it? That's right. I also talked to Tom Forrest, the CEO of Urban Task Force, and he said, "Well, you know, when you have 400 mils dumped of sideways rain,、yeah. that's the that's the one time you really know whether maybe your new building is 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 draft proof, waterproof at all." Yeah. And he said, "That's just natural that it's going to." You know, there's going to be a lot of ingress of water, and hopefully,、um, if you have a good developer, they will fix it straight away. Ha! 
Well, that's right. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> He's obviously new in the job. He is. <laughs> but um, I, I spoke to a friend who's in an apartment and, and she's been battling with her owner's corporation for some time over some leaks yeah, um, to just... her windows and her her ceiling. Yeah. And um, she was saying last year that every time she goes out, she looks up at the sky to see if where there's any rain due. But, I mean, now... Uh. She's been lucky in but some ways. But this has been going on. With, if this is the one I'm thinking of, it's been going on for years. Yes, yeah, since 2011. And basically, the owners' corporation have delayed and delayed and delayed, and they've had so many orders from NCAT ordering them to fix this, and they just, just stubbornly find ways of not fixing it properly or doing patch-up jobs. I mean, she quite rightly wants. I think it's her balcony tiling and things like that, and the windows to be reinstated to what they were supposed to be when she bought the place. And the ceiling. The and ceiling, the ceiling is yeah. the problem, really. And they've kind of done, done a temporary plug for some of the leaks, but it's kind of moved the leaks to elsewhere. <sighs> so, um, yeah, and I, I think at the time I, I remember doing a story about how the trouble is NCAT can make orders, but they don't really have much power to enforce those orders. No. And lawyers were saying, the strata lawyers were saying, we really need to, to fix this gap. Yes. And, um, you know, just like the gaps in the windows and the, the <laughs> ceilings, um, well, yeah. it hasn't really happened. Well, it's, you know, and now more and more people are realising, okay, we've got the NCAT orders, but, you know, we're not going to go to jail. We're not going to get fined. They All they'll do is reissue the same orders. And even now I'm hearing that sometimes people go back to NCAT and NCAT say we've already issued this order. That's right. So there's nothing more we can do. Yeah. Which is a problem because you'd think good apartment owners, A, would, would get the problems fixed quickly and promptly. Yep. And B, they wouldn't want it on their minutes that they've got NCAT orders outstanding against them, really, because that would devalue the value of all the apartments in the building. But then they don't put it on the minutes. And you're in a situation with this lady in particular where they're just totally at loggerheads with each other. And there's never going to be any kind of compromise uh, solution because the the committee have decided that she's a problem and she's decided she's not going to, quite rightly, I think, ex- decided she's not going to accept a second or third rate uh, solution. And so it's the irresistible force and the immovable object that mm. just stuck in this horrible destructive dance and there's no strata ombudsman to come in at the top and say okay we are making orders now and you will go to jail if you don't obey them yeah and there are kind of professional mediators now i mean we know that that company strata answers who does that kind of work Mm. who can come in and really try and break the deadlock but of course both sides have to agree to that as well There's got to be a willingness to change. Mm, There's got to be a recognition on both sides that uh, maybe they're not 100% right 100% of the time. Sure, yeah. And going back to the rain, I mean, obviously tenants are having issues as well, but obviously if their homes have been rendered uninhabitable, then they do get 100% rent reduction, and that's that's, um, very easy to impose. And if there are only parts of the home which are uninhabitable then they are entitled to a pro rata rent yeah, reduction as well yeah. for their apartments. So if, they, if one of the bedrooms is so damp and that you know they, it can be really unhealthy to sleep in it, then 
that bedroom should come off the the rent. Although, you know, if people have rented a two-bedroom apartment, then it's probably because they need two bedrooms. That's right. But But landlords are under an obligation to get those repairs fixed as soon as possible. Yeah, in some ways, tenants are in a better position than owners in that tenants, if they're in the right, the law very strongly comes down on their side, very clearly comes down on their side. I don't think, before anybody jumps on me for this, I don't think tenants are at an advantage, but I think there are areas of, of law where they're a little bit better off than owners in strata who are dealing with recalcitrant committees. Sure. And I think tenants can actually pay for a few of the repairs to be done themselves to their own satisfaction yeah. if it's under $1,000. So, yeah. you know, if there's some, some hole that needs to be plugged and it's not going to cost very much money, then they are entitled to get it fixed themselves, which they might be able to do much more quickly um, than the landlord, yeah, and they can yeah. do that um, when they've been talking to the to the landlord and via the agent. Yeah. Now, all this wet weather is it affecting the building of apartments, the actual construction? Do you know? Um, yes. I mean, the the ones where they're kind of part way through construction, obviously they're delayed, and it can be really hard for the building sites because obviously it's really difficult to for anything to dry. And they tend to be incredibly muddy places then, and it just slows everything down. And often it can be dangerous to work on a building site with this kind of weather. So it is delaying work, and it is kind of compromising people's safety by working there, really. So that will be slowing things down, too. Yeah. You know how they used to decide when to to call off work on a building site? No. The foreman would sit with a copy of the old broadsheet version of the Sydney Morning Herald and count the number of raindrops landing per minute. (laughs) And once it got up past a certain level, he would say, okay, now it's it's raining too heavily. Wow. So I don't know what they would do now that the Herald is is, um, tabloid. (laughs) Maybe they could use the Australian, but probably very few workers on building sites would read the Australian. You would hope so, really. (laughs) It's a terrible (laughs) newspaper. Shocking. But it's drying up now around here, it seems to be, but they promised us rain for a week. They did. And the weather can change so abruptly, you just yeah. never really know. Like you can go out one minute, the sun's shining, it's dry, and the next minute you're you're drenched, absolutely. Yeah, I was out yesterday in the street and I saw somebody get a shopping bag blown out of their hand. Wow. And somebody had a hat, a cap, and usually caps are okay in, in windy weather. It got blown off down the street as well. Oh, it's, no. And it's interesting going out because you see people who are are wrapped up in coats and raincoats and um, trying to wrestle with umbrellas and hats. and Umbrellas are just bad yeah. news in this kind of weather. And other people in shorts and singlets and thongs because they kind of think, well, I'm, I'm going to get wet anyway. So yeah, I'm not going to get any wetter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was quite envious of the people in their shorts and singlets yesterday. Mm, but, only in Australia. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the, the weather, we've had the fire. The fires, and the way, at least the rain has put the fires out. It has, that's fantastic news. Yeah. yeah, even the huge fire, that's gone now, that's great. But of course it's going to be really difficult because, you know, so much black sludge is making its way into the waterways now, yep. um, being washed into the waterways by the floods oh. now. And yeah, so it's, it's very it's very difficult. I mean, it's been a really disastrous we'll, beginning We'll of the turn year. into Hanrahan. You, you, do you know that poem? Oh, yes. We'll all be ruined, says Henrahan, <laughs> in, in, in conditions like this. The other thing that occurs to me, of course, in high-rises is the plant at the top of the building, like lifts and things like that. That tends to get affected in oh, bad yeah. weather mm. in some buildings. 
Mm. I mean, I half expected our lift to be out yesterday, the way the wind was blowing this horizontal rain. But uh, we seem to be, touch wood, we seem to be protected from that. Mm. But of course, we're a 20-year-old building. You know, some of these newer ones where the specifications have been taken right to the absolute limit, they Mm. might be finding it a bit tougher. And it's hard, you know, there might be some new buildings with solar panels on the roof that may have been smashed as well. Well, Um, I don't say that. That's the reason that they won't put solar panels on our building, is to say it might blow off and kill somebody. (laughs) I wish it would. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) So the rain is kind of gone. The fires have kind of gone. Maybe we'll just settle down to have a nice late summer. That's right. That would be pleasant. A nice late summer, a nice gentle drift into autumn. Barnaby Joyce isn't coming back anytime soon. Well, that's um, a plus, I think. Oh, we had an interesting message from Queensland the other day. The insurers up there are saying that, you know, you know, they have two different kinds of strata in Queensland. They've got the holiday rental type, which is the traditional type, but now they've got a, a second kind of strata you can buy into, which is residential only. And of course, as soon as they they open up, then people start putting Airbnb in. And they could be breaching the conditions of their insurance. They might have no insurance. Wow. Because the insurers say you've got to follow the law and you've got to comply with all the local planning laws. And the planning laws say this is strictly residential only. So um, it could be. I'm I'm going to be doing a story, I hope, for the Fin Review in the next couple of weeks about what's going on up there because it seems like it's just waiting for a disaster to happen. And, you know, if, if a building goes up in flames and they've allowed Airbnb in there, or, or the other short-term holiday lets, it could uh, turn out that they're not insured. Wow. And then, then you'll hear people squealing sure. about their well, let's rights. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's, let's hope, hope it doesn't. Let's hope somebody steps in. But you, it actually, it strikes me the most likely thing to happen um, is that the government in Queensland will go, OK, we're changing the law. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, that, so that they are compliant, uh, mm. sadly. So that any buildings could become holiday rentals. Yeah, yeah. because... You know, you wouldn't want to get between a holiday rental host and a bucket of money, would you? (laughs) On that note, when we come back, we're going to talk about personal trainers in your gym. That's after this. And we're back. Sue, I've I've had an email, a post on the website. Somebody saying... What do we do about personal trainers in your apartment block using your gym for their clients? For their clients who aren't members of your, who don't live in the apartment building? Well, it seems to me, it seems to be there are three different varieties of this. One is a personal trainer in your building who trains people in the building. Then there's a personal trainer who doesn't live in the building who comes in and trains somebody who does live in the building. And then you've got the personal trainer who comes in and trains somebody in the building, but brings a whole bunch of other people in to train at the same time. Well, and is that happening a lot? I don't know if it's a lot, but it seems to me that there there are people who think that an owner or a resident of the building bringing their personal trainer in to train them in the gym is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Can't argue with that. Because they're not using up any more equipment than they would, you know, if they were just training on their own. The trainer is not using the equipment. And it seems to me that the majority of people are saying... If the personal trainer is bringing in lots of outside non-residents to train in the gym, that's definitely bad. Absolutely, yeah. The question is, 
The middle ground. The middle ground where the personal trainer lives in the building and they are bringing in one client to train in the gym. Well, I mean, there's lots of people who conduct their own businesses in apartment buildings, isn't there? Like us, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> but I guess they're not using common property. The difference is they're using common property. Mm. But maybe it's more a question of, you know, it's up to each building and how many clients are they training in the building and how well is the gym used? Mm. Because some gyms are just completely empty all the time, which is probably no good for the equipment. No. And so it's good for the equipment to have a workout right. um, as well as the person. Okay. So I would say that should be up to different buildings. And if, I mean, if a gym is full most of the time, then maybe you shouldn't allow personal trainers to bring in their non-resident clients. I think it's a thing, a question of, as you say, how much the gym is used. I mean, if you're bringing in clients and there's nobody else there anyway, is it a problem? Mm, are, we um, st- are we now talking about the principle of things? And is that any different from somebody letting their apartment on a short-term holiday let website and those people coming in and using? Well, absolutely. That's that's, that, that's commercial exploitation of common mm, property, isn't it? Mm. And you often, we've often heard issues with people who rent out their apartments, but they still come in themselves and use the common facilities like an owner who will come back and still use a swimming pool even though he's rented out his apartment to other people yeah double dipping Mm. literally in Mm. the swimming pool (laughs) very funny yeah i think it's i think it's a tricky one but it should be up to individual buildings and it should be based on the number of times the gym's used and if it's small small gym if it's a large gym and can accommodate lots of people i mean for me personally when I'm working out in the gym, I quite like it when other people are working out because it you? kind of yeah absolutely I, I hate it yeah but that's you isn't it really yeah. it's just bizarre I don't like person. other people <laughs> I don't like other people anyway <laughs> whether they're in the gym or not but it's kind of it gives them it sort of motivates me when other people are working out as well and I, I look at them and think well they're doing much more press ups than me I should actually work harder and so uh, then I do train a bit harder so I like it when there are other people around it gives yeah. it a much more buzzy atmosphere. But the dumbest thing I've ever seen in our gym is I came down and the TV was on really loud and there was a woman on the treadmill listening to her uh, ear pod thing. So she had ear pods in. And I said politely, do you mind if I turn the TV down? And she said, uh, then I won't be able to hear it. <laughs> Seriously, you're going, make a choice. You know, listen to your music or listen to the TV or whatever it is you're doing. But uh, I shouldn't have to listen to this mm. ridiculously loud, inane morning television. You know, it's not the it's not the greatest thing in the world to have to listen to. But then, Jimmy, you always have the choice of leaving and then going back at another time. I have my rights. I have my rights. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the the other day I was on on the the machine and the person next to me was having a long conversation with somebody overseas on like. Skype, or, Skype something. or something like that, or FaceTime, whatever they call it. I was able to just stick my pods in my ears and not really have to listen to them, even though they were right next to me. Mm. To getting back to this thing about the people who are using the gym, the personal trainers who are using the gym, and I have to admit that I have had a personal trainer take me into the gym in her building, for which I was very grateful because they have air conditioning and we don't in ours, and it was really hot. And that was great. But there was nobody there. Mm. And the building people knew 
because they were happy with it. And this is what it comes down to. And this is what it comes down to in a lot of issues in strata. Is it really that much of a problem that you feel you've got to pass bylaws and send out notices to comply? Is anybody being prevented from doing what they want to do because of what somebody else is doing? Now, we have had in this building a personal trainer from outside the building who had a client in the building and bringing in five other people to train at the same time. And that lasted for approximately a week. <laughs> they were told, <laughs> no, you mm. cannot do that. Because yeah. because there were people coming into the gym, residents who wanted to do, do their morning workout and every piece of equipment was being, yeah. being used. Fair enough. So until it's a problem, it's not a problem. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about having your bathroom dug up to fix common property and who should pay for the repairs. That's after this. And we're back. So, Jimmy, there's a, a leak in the pipe in your bathroom floor. It's a common property floor. The only way they can fix it is by digging up your bathroom floor. They fix the pipe. They repair the floor, and then the and you say, well, what about all the tiles and everything? Who pays for it? Well, surely they pay to put it back into the state in which they found it. Or I say to them before they dig it up, how about you replace it with these really nice tiles so I can get a bathroom makeover right. and I will pay the extra yeah. on the money that it was going to cost you to put the bathroom right. Right. That's a very reasonable response. We and should, now you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Should, no, no, not at all. <laughs> we should find a fault in the pipe in our bathroom floor. <laughs> no, you're not wrong at all. Uh, but somebody writing to Flat Chat just in the past week, um, there was a problem with a leaky pipe in the, the slab and their bathroom was basically destroyed um, so they could dig up and fix the pipe, which obviously needed to be fixed. And they filled in the floor and the, this place had been rented. So for a month, they couldn't get any rent for the apartment. And they went back to the owner's corporation and said, well, we'd like you to pay to fix the bathroom property to reinstate the bathroom and can you pay us for the rent we lost and the owners corporation said show us the law that says we have to do this (gasps) and is there not one i'm pretty sure i think it would probably come under common law Mm, yeah. I mean, common law, I don't know if common law actually exists in writing. It probably does, but it's probably lots of different bits of different laws. But the basic principle is if you break something and it costs to someone else's expense, then you pay for it. And they have broken the bathroom and it's cost this person not just the repairs, but a lot of money and lost rent. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds pretty reasonable that the owners' corporation should pay for everything, really. It's unreasonable that one person should suffer so that the owners' corporation can fix a pipe. Absolutely, because it's in everybody's interest that this pipe gets fixed. So, yeah, Yeah. they have to make sure they make amends. I mean, the law is more likely to create uh, exceptions to that rule um, where the owners' corporation doesn't have to pay for a collective repairs. And I'm thinking of when, and it actually spells this out in strata law, if the owner's corporation needs to come into your apartment and you refuse and they go in to the tribunal and get orders to allow them to come into your apartment, usually to fix something, and you prevent them, you block the doors and whatnot to prevent them coming in, and they break down the door, then they are not responsible for the repairs. 
okay. you're responsible because you created a situation yeah. where they couldn't get in. Mm. But there's so many steps before that. You'd have to be a pretty unreasonable person to get to the point where they're actually breaking down the door. Mm. But basically, it's you cause a problem, you, you pay for the repairs. And, mm. and if your repairs to common property destroy somebody else's property, then you've got to pay for that too, I would think, and the rent as well. Yep, I quite agree. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right, we sorted that one then. Yeah, we've agreed on something for a change. That's good. No, we're making progress here. We don't need mediation after all. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming along and doing the, the podcast. And the weather is clearing outside. And Okay. Thank you. Great. Thank <laughs> you. It's been a pleasure to be here as ever. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy these podcasts, and would you still be listening if you didn't, you can subscribe free of charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and lots of other podcast platforms. As I said, it's free of charge, and that means the podcast will be delivered directly to your phone, laptop, or computer as soon as it's published. You'll find links at the end of the show notes, that's the related story, on the Flat Chat website. And the website is where you go to find the stories we've been discussing today, as well as about 10 years of archives and, of course, your questions and answers on the Flat Chat forum. Just log in to flat-chat.com.au to ask a question or, even better, answer someone else's. Okay, thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon.